RTHK, the news at one with Barry O'Rourke. The headlines, a unit of Café de Corral says it's suspending lunchbox services for two days, but not everyone is happy about the decision. An education expert welcomes the news that Hong Kong will have its first school offering the mainland curriculum in about three years' time, but wants it to open earlier. And a special grand jury in the US state of Georgia says it's found no evidence of widespread fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Café de Corral Group's school lunch provider, Lunch and Star, says it's suspending its lunchbox services for next Monday and Tuesday, while it looks into reports that some students fell ill after eating their lunch. It's believed that up to 200 schools will be affected by the suspension. Hong Wai Xing, the principal of an affected primary school in Tinshui Wai, says the school only found out about the arrangement yesterday and parents aren't happy, but he said there are ways to deal with the situation. We can ask parents to prepare meals for the students or they can go home for lunch. Parents can also take their children out for lunch or allow them to go out for lunch. Students can also bring dry food to school. We've got lots of plans for this situation. This parent said she's concerned by the suspension. Kat Chung's son studies at a school in Taipo, catered by Lunch and Star. I'm so worried about it. If I have job next week, I won't be able to send the lunch to him. So I don't know what can I do. Maybe I just grab a sandwich to him in the morning and then he can have it. She said she thinks the school lunch quality is OK, but a bit bland. An educator has welcomed news that Hong Kong will have its first school offering the mainland curriculum in about three years' time. The Education Bureau has allocated a site for the non-profit, pro, non-profit-making private school in Tinshui Wai, which hopes to serve mainland families living here who later plan to return home, although local children are also welcome. Mervyn Cheung from the Hong Kong Education Policy Concern Organisation says he hopes the school can open even earlier as it ties in well with Hong Kong's desire to lure mainland talent. He cited possible staffing issues and noted that the two sides have different teaching methods. From my previous visits to schools on the mainland, they seem to be quite tied down to the curriculum laid down by the government. Also, the kind of teaching, mainly foreign textbooks, and school provider materials. And then in Hong Kong, we stress a lot the importance of school-based development, school-based materials, and also school-based instructional methods. So these kind of things would need to be better regulated. On the one hand, sorting the curriculum, tossing schools on the mainland, and at the same time, fitting the educational environment in Hong Kong. Police say they're investigating a fatal traffic accident in Aberdeen early this morning in which a 43-year-old expatriate man died. They said that just after one o'clock, the man was riding a motorcycle along Wong Chuk Hang Road towards Aberdeen, but reportedly lost control at Aberdeen Police Station. He sustained serious head injuries and was taken to Queen Mary Hospital, but was certified dead at 1.37am. Police have appealed to any witnesses to come forward. A special grand jury in the U.S. state of Georgia has discovered no evidence of widespread fraud in the 2020 presidential election. That's a rejection of arguments by Donald Trump, who had falsely claimed that the result was rigged. Several witnesses were found to have lied under oath during the investigation. The BBC's Barbara Pletasha is in Washington. The partial report provides only a glimpse into the panel's conclusions. It says the special grand jury believes at least one witness may have committed perjury and recommends prosecutors seek appropriate indictments. Also that it found no evidence of widespread election fraud in Georgia, which rejects the arguments of Donald Trump and his allies.
It does not say whether the grand jury recommended indictments related to election interference. The judge decided it would be unfair to people whose names might be on that list to make the full report public at this time. It's now up to the state's district attorney to decide whether to pursue criminal charges based on the report's findings. Staff members of the U.S. Senator John Fetterman say he's being treated in hospital for clinical depression. Mr. Fetterman was elected to the Senate in one of the key contests of last November's midterms. His victory in the swing state of Pennsylvania helped the Democrats win their narrow Senate majority. Standing more than two metres tall, he was a notable figure in trademark hoodie and shorts during the campaign. The family of the Hollywood actor Bruce Willis say he's... He has frontotemporal dementia, which affects behaviour and language. The 67-year-old, who stars in blockbuster films such as Die Hard and Pulp Fiction, announced his retirement last year following a diagnosis of aphasia. There are currently no specific treatments for frontotemporal dementia. Susan Dickinson is the CEO of the Association for Frontotemporal Degeneration. When a person has frontotemporal dementia, what they lose is these abilities to plan and organize their daily actions. And even more importantly, sometimes to understand how their actions are received by other people around them. So, for instance, you might get somebody losing their social filter, saying something rude. Or you might get somebody who sees something in a store, a candy bar, and they want it and they'll just take it because they've lost the understanding of the social rules. Canada's Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has announced that he will deploy Navy ships off the coast of Haiti, which is going through a major political and economic crisis. Mr Trudeau made the announcement during an an annual gathering of Caribbean leaders in the Bahamas. Today, I am announcing that Canada will also deploy Royal Canadian Navy vessels to conduct surveillance, gather intelligence and maintain a maritime presence off the Haitian coast in the coming weeks. Haiti has been calling for international military help to tackle the powerful criminal gangs that have taken control of many parts of the country. But Canada, the US and European countries have so far refused to commit to military intervention. Prosecutors in Brazil are investigating whether a powerful criminal gang has issued death threats to rival football supporters to force them to make peace after years of violence. The PCC gang controls drug trafficking in the city of Sao Paulo and effectively runs many prisons across the country. Here's the BBC's Leonardo Rocha. A sound recording has emerged on which members of the gang threatened to kill the leaders of the supporters' factions if they continued to get involved in fights. The messages began circulating on social media after fans of the current Brazilian champions, Palmeiras, attacked supporters of Corinthians who had returned from an away match in Sao Paulo. The rival factions say their decision came before the messages were posted online and was not related to the death threats. Many in Brazil believe, however, that some of the country's worst football hooligans wouldn't have agreed to suddenly make peace if it wasn't for a bigger threat. The NATO General Secretary Jens Stoltenberg at a news conference said Turkey's decision, it was time for Ankara to ratify Sweden and Finland's accession to NATO. The main issue is not whether they are ratified together. The main issue is that uh, Finland and Sweden are ratified as soon as uh, possible. For me, this just demonstrates that uh, Sweden and Finland understand and are implementing policies which uh, recognizes the concerns that uh, Turkey has expressed and also why I think that the time has come to ratify. The former Swedish Prime Minister Carl Bildt told the BBC that Turkey's intransigence may be due to domestic politics. 
we haven't seen the end of this particular drama as of yet. There's an ongoing dialogue on these issues. And I think a lot of broad issues, security in Northern Europe, security in Europe has to be taken into account. But there's an election campaign going on in Turkey and some new situations in Turkey as well that might have an impact. The top U.S. diplomat in Afghanistan has apologized for suggesting that struggling Afghan women might find inspiration in African-American history and culture, particularly the black girl magic social media movement. The U.S. envoy, Karen Decker, tweeted that several of her posts earlier in the week went awry when she suggested that Afghan women could learn from pop culture icons Beyonce and Lizzo. Her comments sparked online indignation and also prompted a rebuke from the State Department. Scientists say their research indicates that early risers may have inherited faster body clocks from our ancestors. They said the research reveals that genes some people have inherited from Neanderthals and Denisovans may determine whether we are early risers or night owls. The authors from the University of California found that this archaic DNA was linked to regulating the human circadian clock, which sets the rhythm of our sleep-wake cycles. Scientists have identified a chemical in tsetse flies that they believe could be used to control the population of the disease-carrying insects. The pheromone can both attract and paralyse male tsetse flies. Tsetse flies cause sleeping sickness in sub-Saharan Africa, killing three three million cattle each year. It's considered to be a major cause of rural poverty. And shares of boutique investment bank China Renaissance Holdings Limited fell about 20% this morning after the bank's chief executive and controlling shareholder, Bao Fan, reportedly went missing. The company's board said in a stock exchange filing that it had been unable to contact Mr Bao, but added that it wasn't aware of any information indicating that his unavailability might be related to the group's business. It also said the group was continuing with business as usual. The U.S. traffic safety body has told the carmaker Tesla to fix software problems in more than 360,000 of its vehicles. The regulator said Tesla's self-driving software could cause a crash. And in sport now, Manchester United and Barcelona have served up a classic in football's Europa League. Fred looking to slide it through to Rashford, takes one touch, Rashford drives it in, scores everywhere he goes at the moment. Cross comes in, goes all the way through and finds the back of the net. I don't think Lewandowski got the touch. Rafinha thinks it's his goal. The new camp erupts. United and Barca played a thrilling 2-2 draw in their Europa League playoff first leg at Camp Nou. More from the BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball. Two of football's great entertainers entertained and they couldn't be separated by the end of it. Marcus Rashford sparkled again, equalising almost immediately after Manchester United had conceded from a Marcus Alonso header early in the second half, then using his speed, confidence and trickery to create the second goal which went in off Jules Koundé. Rafinha got Barcelona level after that with a teasing right-wing cross that no one could get a touch on and the visitors were very relieved when a Casemiro clearance came back off the post right at the end of the game. Eric Ten Hag sprung a a tactical surprise at the start with Rashford playing through the middle and Wout Weghorst effectively supporting from midfield but it worked and the form they're in United will feel confident they can complete the job at Old Trafford next week but so will Barcelona which should make for another thrilling game. United boss Eric Ten Hag was happy with his team's performance but felt they could have claimed an advantage ahead of next week's return match. Yes we should have won this game so we have steps to go but uh, I think it were two Good teams, uh, highest level. Uh, it was enjoyable uh, to watch, but I think everyone agrees that it was a really high performance level from both teams. And uh, when I 
show into my team. Yeah, I was really happy uh, with our performance uh, to face this strong team. Dutch giants Ajax drew nil-nil in their first leg match with Union Berlin and there were wins for Sevilla, Salzburg and Shakhtar Donetsk. Winners of the playoff round move on to the last 16 where eight teams have already qualified. In cricket, the holders Australia maintained their unbeaten start at the Women's T20 World Cup with victory over Sri Lanka. Australia chased down a target of 113 with more than four overs to spare to make it three wins from three in the group stage. Captain Meg Lanning says they're looking good going into their next game against the host South Africa. A great game today. I thought Bowler set the win up. Grace Harris coming in for a ball. Hasn't got many overs in the first few games, but to be able to play that role and do it really well was excellent. And then Moons and Midge to finish it off really nicely was certainly a great game. Our games against South Africa are always very close and hotly contested. They've got some world-class players and they're playing in their home conditions. So we'll take a bit of a break tomorrow and then come back ready for them on Saturday. And Sri Lanka captain Chamari Atapatatu says she knows where her team came up short. I think we have to score 150 plus in this wicket because we all know Australia has good, good batting lineup. So unfortunately, we didn't score 150. That's the main reason we lost this game. We try our best to score more runs in power play. I think the power play is fine, but the thing is, six overs to 15 overs, we are not batting really good. We didn't execute our plans. That's the main reason we lost this game. In the men's game, New Zealand were on 227 for 7 on day 2 of their first test against England in Mount Monganui. The tourists declared and 325 for 9. England leads by 98 runs. To golf and former world number 1 Tiger Woods has launched his first US PGA tournament bid in 7 months and was one under through 9 holes on their first round of their Genesis Invitational. The 15-time major champion who hasn't teed up in a tour-level event since the British Open in July has been held back by severe leg injuries from a 2021 car accident. Max Homer was the leader after a 7-under par 64 one stroke clear of world number three, Jon Ram, with a six under par 65. Tennis and Veronica Kudorematova upset the Doha Open seedings to beat American teenager Coco Gauff 6-2-3-6-6-1 and set up a semi-final with world number one, Iga Sviontek. The 25-year-old Russian, who's ranked eighth, needed just over two hours to complete victory over the world number four. But if she's going to reach her first WTA final since last April, Kudorematova will have to get past Sviontek. Kudometova, who will be playing in her second semi-final of the year, hasn't won a set from Sviontek, the reigning French and US Open champion, in two previous encounters. And now to the weather. It'll be mainly fine and dry this afternoon, with moderate to fresh easterly winds. And the outlook? There'll be sunnier intervals tomorrow, and it'll be rather warm on Sunday. But it will be windy with cool mornings in the following couple of days. And currently at the observatory, the temperature is 22 degrees Celsius, the relative humidity 57%. You've been listening to the news on RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio 3. Come on.
my closest friend. But for you, take me to see the party. And you know it never showed his face again. That's why your love keep on lifting. Revival, Kathy Brown and your love leaps, leaps gifting me. <laughs> anyway, here we are. Friday afternoon it is, right here on The Brew. Danny Hicks will be joining me at about 25 past. It's sports and all. We've got some cricket updates. England, New Zealand, India, Australia, plus the weekend football, of course. And Tiger Woods is back. We'll be on The Brew's Facebook page. And as always, love to hear from you there. It's 3 a.m. 